welcome listeners to our brand new bonus episode of Oh My Word podcast. And today we have a really special guest with us. We have Juni Swadron, who is a psychotherapist and a writing coach. Never had anyone like you on before, so this is very, very exciting. Juni, welcome to the podcast. Very exciting to have you. And for the listeners who are like, why would someone have a psychotherapist and a writing coach? And how do these things come together? We're going to find out. Wherever you want to start from, how do these things come together? That which came first, psychotherapist or being a writing coach? And then how do they kind of play into each other? About 30 years ago, when I opened my psychotherapy practice, I started facilitating writing groups at the same time. And the reason for that is I've always loved to write and writing is my first place where I ever started to find out that writing is a sacred tool for both creativity and catharsis. So I would find just a years ago, writing even in my diary, and in those years, people didn't use it as a, they didn't call it a journal, they call it a little diary. And then most people found that to be a nice little hobby, but I found it as a safe place to be able to write whatever I wanted privately and be able to say what I wanted to say and needed to say, which I didn't have an opportunity or I didn't really have permission to say it in my family. So it became a really a great friend for me. And it was a way of releasing stuff. It was a way of getting clarity. It was a way to be private. And well, some of my most painful entries became my best poems or plays or novels or whatever. So it was a good fit. Okay, one second. We got a follow-up questions. So you originally got into writing, as in when you started writing your diary, it was more of a catharsis thing? It was more just, I want to be writing and then, oh, and also have a catharsis? No, I had no idea what would be. I mean, when I first started, it was like, what boys do I like? You know, so 12 or whatever, 13. And um, so, no, I and then I just started to use it when I needed to express myself. So it wasn't a matter of structure or spelling or punctuation or grammar or any of that stuff. It was just a way of being able to put down on the page whatever I was thinking, whatever I was feeling. And it was magic to me how it would come about that I would write stuff. And it was just start to make me feel better. And something I used to, I mean, I wouldn't have had any language for it then, but now it feels this way, just like it did when I was younger. And that is like, it felt like there was, I thought I wasn't alone. It was like this benevolent presence was with me. And I, I, like I said, I couldn't have told you that years ago. I just thought, wow, I feel safe here. I feel like I've got a friend watching me. And, And that's how it felt. Wow. Even writing in the diary, did someone give it to you? Someone recommended it to you? Was that something everyone was doing? Yeah, yeah. I got it from one of my sister's boyfriends for my 13th (laughs) birthday. Here, shut up, kid. Write. (laughs) Actually, that's not what he said at all. He said, I think you're going to like this because you're very introspective and it would be a really good place for you to put down your thoughts and feelings. And I said, okay. Wow, that was very perceptive. Yeah, it was. Did you like reading growing up? Was that something also that you did? It was more just about the uh, the diary part of it. I didn't read a lot. And I wished I had, but there, we, we just didn't have a lot of books. I hated school. It wasn't until later when I went back to school as an adult that I loved school. And I started to ace my grades and loved reading and writing. I can't say arithmetic. But yeah, so... Also, do you still write in diary? Oh, I still do. It's faithful. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yes, I do. I still write almost daily. Wow. You know, I've got to practice what I preach because <laughs> that's what I do with my with my writing clients. And for uh, 
how many years, 15 years, I facilitated a support group for the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And in it, she talks about morning pages. And that's like three longhand pages, longhand, like, you know, by 11, three full pages of writing every day. And again, it was like, it's free fall writing, whatever shows up. And usually after the first page and your grocery list and all the to do's, you start getting into some really deep stuff and it makes sense. So I did it for so many years that it just became a habit and a really beautiful one. I consider meditating, you know, writing a meditation on the page because you let go of when you let the writing do the writing, and you're not worried about editing as you go along, because that was that's going to stop you in your tracks. So if you can just get out of your own way and just write, it's raw, it's beautiful. Well, so are you also specifying, or is there a specification that writing like this, specifically just writing from whatever's inside of you, or also writing stories or writing, I guess you could just say fiction versus nonfiction? Do you think this encompasses all of this, or are we specifically talking about just getting out whatever you're feeling right now? Well, you can, it depends on your motivation for wanting to write. It's good to know whether a person, their objective is to write a memoir or they're writing fiction and they, and they just want to keep it that way. But it's really interesting. One of my most current clients, he came to me and he said he's going to write a science fiction book. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. Sure. And so then he started telling me what it was about and why he you know, wanted to write it. He didn't believe that the things that was coming to him in terms of the his interests, anybody would, would really believe. And I said, yeah, they would. You're not the only person who's telling me this stuff. In fact, it's pretty, pretty global. And so it didn't take very long for him to get his own voice. I said, I mean, you could do it if you want to as a science fiction novel, or maybe you could claim it. So he chose to claim it and he just went, he just skyrocketed because he felt the freedom inside of himself to, to empower himself to claim what he knows or what he believes or what he trusts is true. And I said, like I tell everybody, you know, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. And some people don't, won't care at all. But it's your voice. It's something you want to say. And if somebody says to me, oh, but there's already so many people that are writing on diets or healthcare or God knows what. And I say, yeah, but nobody's written your book. Nobody's written in your language. Nobody's had your perception and your experience. It's true. Did you ever have a thought to be a writer when you grew up? Or you always knew that you would get into the therapy sort of field? Kind of both. I loved writing. I mean, the writing gave me a voice. I was very shy. And for a lot, a lot of years, I couldn't hardly speak. So I would write and my writing became quite good. And a lot of people in those years, people wrote letters, you know, kind that you put a stamp on, like in the mail and the address. And nobody's saying, oh, my God, she didn't call back yet. I texted her two seconds ago. What's going on? No, there was like a whole ritual. You know, you write the letter, you wait, they come, you let it, they go. Anyway, so when I would write letters, people would say, oh, my God, you write so beautiful. You write so well. And it just came, it's always come naturally to me. Therapy has too, I guess, because people used to tell me from the time I was really young, a teenager, they would tell me stuff and they would say, I never told another human being what I just told you. And I'm thinking, well, why would you tell me? Then enough people are telling me the same thing. And I guess it's because they figured they could trust me and they could because I'm not a blabbermouth. I don't, you know, I'm just loyal and I care about people. So it was a natural kind of thing. I mean, I never spirit thought when I grow up, I'm going to teach writing. I didn't even think I would, especially teach writing when I tell people to throw away the rules. But 
<laughs> right? And I never thought that I'd be a therapist either. I thought, who'd want to come to me? I got my own mental health issues. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, after a while and taking a lot of courses and getting accredited and a lot of things that I love, then I guess about 10, 12 years ago, I decided to bring the two together, the two writing and therapy. Before that, it was like very separate. I'd have writing clients and I'd have therapy clients. But what I love to do more than anything is I love working with people with their books to help empower them. And so whatever comes up, like if somebody is writing, it doesn't matter whether they're entrepreneurs and they're writing about something that they, they've created and they've got the recipe and it works beautifully and they're getting awesome results from their clients or they're writing a memoir and they just want to talk about possibly the wisdom, the things they've learned throughout their life. In both those situations, lots of things come up. It's one thing to write a book or say, oh, I want to write a book. And then you start to write the book and all these fears come up. Oh, my God, I can't do it. What if somebody thinks about it this way? What if they hate it? Can't really spell. And so I work with people to help them dispel those fears, you know, and triggers. And so sometimes I'm working with a person a lot more, just helping them to heal the pain of the past in order for them to get their voice so that when they've got a book, and many of them do, they feel so proud of it. They feel so proud because they've worked through whatever the issues are. And yeah, so it's cool. So considering all that you've just already described, would you say that's the, or for you specifically as a writing coach, that's kind of your job is to just hold their hand sort of and make sure they make it through or for me yes and I don't tell people like it's a race to the finish line because that's not my style it's also my on my therapy style but it's more my therapy style because I want you to just here's the tools and use them and God bless you go and as opposed to somebody that's holding their hand forever no I want to empower you etc but the beauty of the two of them together because I'm doing that anyway. I'm helping somebody. And at the end of the day, they've got a product that they're really proud of. They got a book they can put out in the world and they do. I've got lots of people who've been writing books that are become number one bestsellers. Oh, wow. So when they do have a book finished, if they do finish the book, are you still part of whatever comes next? Or at that point, your job's done? No, I've gleaned a lot of information over the years and around publishing and the whole publishing process. And so I recommend publishers. In fact, I work I work with two specifically in the U.S. that are traditional publishers. And they've told me, they've basically given me carte blanche, anybody that writes with me, as opposed to just writing into them and saying, I'd like to present my book. They'll look at it right away and they'll give it top priority. So that's really cool. And I've got editors and all that good stuff that I can help people if they want to, or if they want to self-publish. So I I don't let them go just like, okay, you wrote your book, bye, good luck. Because it's one thing to write a book, it's another huge endeavor to get it published or try to publish it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you sort of have like a whole network now that you could kind of refer people to if that's the route they want to take. And the publishers that you're working with, are they the traditional but smaller publishers? So that's why they can get in there. They don't have to just go agenting or anything like that? Or it's just because of the connection you have? I think it's a little bit of both. And they're hybrid. Oh, okay. And so they're still fairly large. The beauty of them, I love, is that, you know, the author gets full, full title to their book. They've got everything, you know, they've got the license to their book and the other people, they do the distribution and they help you along the way and whatever you want. They have all these things that they can offer you. But at the end of the day, it's your book. 
and you get to say. And in the old days, and still now, with you know, with a lot of publishers, they give you a royalty, and it becomes their book, and they can change what they want. Is that your understanding as well? Uh, it depends. I'm specifically published with a traditional publisher, so they contract to print my book. We get the permissions now to print your book for however many years. Then after that, either we renew the contract or the rights. But other than I get yeah, royalties from that. Yeah, yeah. And it just depends what you want, you know, and how it's going to work. That's, you know, not that many years ago, we didn't have a choice, you know. Yeah, that's true. You have to get 5,000 books, put them in your garage and hope you sell them. Yeah, there's still a lot of people who do that. And they just, their day to day is to just try to get those 5,000. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you'll have an answer for this because it's a generalized question, but from your own experience, would you say most people do end up writing more of a memoir, wisdom I've learned sort of thing, or a lot of people go the fiction route, or like, what are you seeing? Are you seeing both equally? Well, to be very honest with you, I I don't know. I know that the people that come to me are usually more nonfiction. They're usually people that want to work on their own development and as a human being as well. Not that I haven't worked with people with their fiction or one person show, one man, one woman shows or stuff like that. My partner and I are in the middle of writing a musical. Oh. Yeah. So, but most of the time, the majority of people, but you know, there's tons of books out there that are fiction. So, and they probably go to other people that rather than me, because I'm not as experienced in fiction writing. The few who come to you and they are fiction writing, if they're also your patients, do you see that? They're kind of just using fiction as, I don't say maybe the substitute to be able to still get their outlet, but they're just framing it in fiction instead of nonfiction. Sometimes, sometimes they do because protect the innocent, protect the guilty, whoever they're protecting. And so they just put it into a different location, a different characters that all represent something in their life. And some people don't. Some people are just incredibly imaginative and have brilliant minds to just go off and do something different. And they love to do that. I love to do that too. Like, you know, with short stories and things like that, that I don't particularly see or relationship between me and the characters in the story but i think there's always something yeah there is don't want to admit it (laughs) yeah that's true well because sometimes it can also be even if it's a villain it'd have to be your perception of what a villain would be sort of so like even if that's a kind of remote a remote connection it's still that connection is there i guess just going back to your last question though a lot of the people, I mean, everybody that works with me, the first writing is a draft. It's always a draft. And so I recommend that people do that in order to feel that they don't have to change names. They don't have, they have the freedom to go wherever they need to go with it and say what they want to say without restrictions. Then they can just edit it out, edit things that they don't want in there and or protect the, you know, change names and all that different stuff to do it. But initially, just say, always tell the truth. If you don't tell the truth, then what's the point? It's a useless exercise. Because you want to write what people are going to relate to. And that's the human condition. Right. And assuming also that you're the only person seeing that first draft, the protections, right, that you're not going to tell people about it anyway, so... Well, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. But you know what? You're absolutely right, Esther. I suggest very strongly to my clients, don't share this with anyone. Don't share it with anyone, especially if it's someone whose approval you're looking for. Hey, mom, what do you think of this? What? You would write such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Who did I raise? (laughs) What kind of monster? No, but even, (laughs) even if it's like a good friend or whatever, I mean, just somebody's raising their eyebrows would be enough for you to put down your pen forever. That's true. I've spoken to writers who write horror. They're such nice people. You're such a nice person. Why are you writing these dark stories? Well, those are stories they're writing. It's not like, you know. Right? 
Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And also, just as far as the writing coach goes, aside from that you're guiding them in the actual writing, is there also like a whole editing process that you do with them? Or how much of the editing do you do with them? Or Once they've gone through the first draft, we'll go through the book again. And I'll do that with them. I'm not a professional editor, but I'm pretty good. But I still suggest after we go through it that it gets a professional edit. I help them with continuity, what's extraneous and they don't need it. A whole bunch of that kind of stuff so that it comes out pretty clean and in the order that it that makes sense. So that's what I do. Yeah, because you get blinders when you're writing. Everything makes sense in your head and then all of a sudden you write it down. It's like, what happened? Yeah, exactly. It's really hard to figure it out by yourself, I think, especially when you're writing a book. Because, you know, you have so much information you want to put in and you can't put everything in. I guess you can, but nobody wants to read 6,000 pages anymore. So it's really culling and sifting through and, and really finding again motivation. I mean, that's another big thing I, I talk about. Like, who's it for? Right. Right. Who's this for? Who's your audience? Who's your ideal reader? Because you don't, you know, well, everybody, they all should know that. Yeah. Well, not everybody's going to read your book. So who do you really want to have read your book? And then I, they get really clear. So I make sure that whatever they're saying, well, why would they want to know that? If you're writing something that has, that's beautiful, beautiful, but does that really serve the person you're saying that's to this reader? Oh, no, I guess not. I said, well, it sounds beautiful. Hold it for the next book or something else. Put people to task. Yeah. Well, along that, have you ever had someone's writing something in, in something nonfiction and you're kind of like, we both know it didn't happen like that. Or we both know that you just embellished this. You just kind of, you know, you let them write. You're not there for fact checking. You're just there for the, you know, let's get it written sort of thing. To be very honest, I could be the most naive human being you've ever met in your entire life. I believe everybody. I believe that if they're coming to me and they're paying me to write their book, they're not going to make it up. I won't insult somebody by saying, because truth is stranger than fiction. I think I've seen and heard most things with my therapy practice that you would never, you know, how the heck does, how do people, how do people survive in this world, right? And so I, I'm assuming, I'm making the assumption that if they're working, if they're writing their truth, and if they're not, it's not going to serve them. And I've been had, what can I say? Right. Yeah, that's true. I've been had and I've been paid, so... You're like, oh, they got the book. I guess I sort of did what I was supposed to do. (laughs) Right, yeah. No, if I get a sense that somebody's just not telling the truth or or they're just leading me down a garden path or whatever, if I get a gut response to that, and it happens a few times, they're not who I want to work with. And I'll just be really real and say, you know, I don't think this is a good fit for different reasons. Yeah. And then just also some of your own writing, because you have a book about writing. So was that sort of something you put out just to go along with your business? Or was that like, was that more of a business move? Or was that just also, why were you, okay, I'll, I'll put a book out there about writing. Like what was... Well, I've got about four books out there about writing. The first book that I ever published is about writing and therapy. And it's called Rewrite Your Life, A Transformational Guide to Writing and Healing the Stories of Your Life. And that came out of a group that I had been facilitating for, I think, 10 years before that called Sacred Stories, Celebrating Your Life Journey. And it's writing stories, your stories from your life, a time you were stronger than you thought, about your mother, about your father, a significant relationship, a significant move, whatever. And so you write, and I give the prompts of what would help you to write through that, a death of a loved one, whatever, death of your spirit. And so those prompts help you to heal, but it's using the writing. And then I wrote Write Where You Are, to play on words, so it's W-R-I-T-E, but it's more than that, it's Write Where You Are, Write, R-I-T-E. 
GHD where you are. So it's like right here, right now, even if you're writing about something that happened 20 years ago, it's the energy about that that you're bringing in right here, right now. And so you're writing about, you know, your Aunt Martha, who died 50 years ago, but you had some experiences of her that are showing up now. And so you're writing about it as though it's that energy of remembering her in this moment. And so it's bringing that fully present into your writing. And that just makes it much more rich. So that's another one and all kinds of tips about writing in that one. And the latest one about writing is called Your Life Matters, Eight Steps or Something to Writing Your Life or your life, Writing Your Stories. And that one was written more about how to use writing to get your own book out there. So it's got steps of how to feel confident to write a book from the beginning, right? Because I think so many people don't give themselves enough credit. What I've found across the board, maybe you have too, that the number one common thing that happens to everybody is they don't have very much self-esteem, no matter what they've accomplished in their life, they just play it down. And so for me, it's really helping people to start to claim that their life does matter, the things that they've done and how they've shown up in the world does matter and have made a difference for them to start looking at life through that lens. And then all the rest of the how-tos in terms of writing a book and making it a compelling book and page turner. Well, it seems like you've got these four books, but each one, because there's so much to say, but even about writing. So you kind of found a, like a very specific focus for each one, to, or was it still kind of hard to, how do I get so much information into just one book? You just have to learn to distill it, I guess. And then I've written some coloring books. How do you write a coloring book? Like, how do you write a coloring book? You write a story. And so I've got two there. And then I thought, you know, and then illustrators. I've written the stories and I find them delightful. And other people, like, one is Color Your Dreams Come True. It's really sweet. And it's about some guy that comes to Earth from another planet and, and takes Earthlings there. And they find out, wow, isn't this beautiful? It's amazing. It's like power of attraction. You know, you think it, there it is. And, and then he discovered, describes he was an Earthling once. You know, hated his job, hated people, hated this and that. But then he he turned his perspective around and started seeing God happier, started being happy for the friends of his that were doing well in their lives and, and were grateful about this or that. And one day he got anointed and ended up in heaven on earth, but he doesn't tell them that. This is it. You don't have to go anywhere. Cute story. Why would you even think to do a coloring book instead of like a story? Okay, someone asked for me writing coloring books. but Because yeah. I wrote it like 40 years ago or something. And then I was telling it to somebody who's an illustrator because way back then I wanted it to be an, an animated thing because I thought it would really be sweet animated, but I never went yeah. anywhere. So it sat in a drawer forever. And then somebody who I met online, never met her actually, she lives in Norway. I was telling her about it and she, you know, we were on Zoom and she never even looked up. And then one, one minute, like after like 10 minutes or something, she said, is this what you mean? And she shows me the main character and I, oh my God, Whoa. that's him, that's him, that's Jollybeam. <laughs> His name is Jollybeam. And so up until then, like he had it land there for me. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. Are these books, especially the writing books, are they published with one of these hybrid publishers or how did you go about publishing those? The first one was a traditional publisher. Right where you are, I self-published. And now it's going back. One of the hybrid publishers are taking it on. And the last one is with a hybrid publisher as well. They're big in the field. So the Your Life Matters is, I mean, traditional publisher for all intents and purposes. Well, you didn't go back to the original publisher or is that one? For the first one, no. It was a lot of years ago and I, I don't think they're around anymore. 
So did you republish that book or that book's just out now? It's just It's out better than more than ever right now. And the reason for that is I've been facilitating, I mean, I called it Rewrite Your Life. The, the program was called Sacred Stories, Celebrating Your Life Journey. That was the program. But when I published the book, I called it Rewrite Your Life. And I've been doing it successfully for about 30 years. And now I'm in the middle of certifying people to be Rewrite Your Life coaches. So I can kind of pass the torch because it's had amazing results. I don't know if you're familiar with a platform called Daily Ohm, but it was on that platform for five years and over 5,000 people took it. And I have stacks of letters of people whose lives have transformed enormously. So the results are great. Yeah. So it makes me feel really, really good to have it just started a month ago where I learned how to certify people to do this course. And it's exciting to know they'll be out there and other people and other places and around the world. Good. More people that get healed, well, we might have a healthy planet. That's amazing. Absolutely. And then I think you're kind of saying this, but I just want to phrase it. It seems like what you're saying is that there's a healing process to be able to either identify or give words to what someone's going through versus whatever other methods of healing there might be. But if you could give words to something that does help with the healing process or do you kind of see what I'm trying to... I think I do. Yeah. Words have power. To me, when people write from their truth, remember earlier I was saying let the writing do the writing and let it be just come out the way you feel it. It's raw and it's beautiful because it's it's real. And that part of ourselves that just wants to speak, that wants to be uncensored, doesn't want to have to just stuff it down anymore. That part of ourselves doesn't care about socially acceptable and mores and anything else. And we've all read books where people are so real, they can't put them down. You hate the author because you want to go to bed early and you're up all night reading their book because you can't put it down. So yeah, words absolutely can describe where a person's at. And it's all the one first rule of writing is you don't tell, you show us. So you bring the reader into the story with you. They're walking along with you. They're not up there kind of looking at the protagonist. You're in the story with them. So, yeah. So you say it's a catharsis and also a process of self-discovery, kind of using this regard? Yeah. I'm almost imagining that you're working with a writer who wrote a bunch of stuff down and is looking at it afterwards and like, I didn't realize this is what I was going through. Like, I didn't realize this was my reaction to it. Oh, now I understand why I'm feeling like this because I see it before me. Exactly right. The clarity comes, the, the ahas come, and it's so true. So many of us haven't a clue why we do what we do. And if we go through a hard time and it's over, we go, oh, thank God that's over. And we don't really take time to process well how did I get through that what are my strengths how what is my go-to what could I, what did I learn from that were there gifts and lessons in this that I've been taught and until we can become aware of that we're just going to keep repeating them and just put a different face on the same you know kind of situation and so it, yeah the writing will get you there oh that's amazing so smart to put this together like you said like you know if it's going to heal people then it's double good we always end off with a fill in the blank of, I really like it when writers, illustrators, publishers, stories, you can even do book covers, whatever, do X. And I really don't like it when they do X. You can use the same or either, you know, the flip side of it or totally different things. I guess I really like it when people are real, when they're authentic, when they tell the truth and just feel that they can. And I really don't like it when they don't. I mean, <laughs> because it's not too profound, that's for sure. But 
it's true. I mean, I'm, I've never been good for small talk. So I'd rather not sit somewhere and, and talk about the weather. And I, I really love to get into real intelligent conversations with people where we're willing to be vulnerable, where we're willing to be real. So that's what I like. I'm going to squeeze in one more question. If you're picking up a book today, let's say, you know, you're in a bookstore, you're out somewhere, you know, are you even looking at fiction? Do you usually go toward biography, toward memoir? Is there a rule for that? Whatever you're in the mood of, or also just consider the stuff that you've said, but also what you're always working with. So It depends. I have a lot of books, obviously, that are on personal development and all of that and, and people in that field that have been brilliant at what processes that they use. I've got a lot of that and I love them. And I also really appreciate good writers, good fiction, and just to get me out of my own yeah. head and to yeah. go into another realm and be swept away. Okay, I'll one more question. I'm not good at wrapping stuff up, apparently. When you are reading fiction, because we'll, we'll just focus on fiction specifically, as someone who is a you know, psychotherapist, are you able to read turning off that part of you? Or as you're reading it, you're like, oh, of course he'd do this because he's this, because of this X, Y, and Z. Or I toss that out. Yeah, thanks. You know, I try to anyway. I analyze everybody that I see, but no, not in <laughs> <laughs> We'll just end right there. Everyone just know you're being analyzed. Yeah, boom, cut to black. No, no, don't do that. But no, when I read a book, I want to turn that part off. And if it's a good writer, I can, right? I mean, with somebody that's really a brilliant writer. I just read a book. I, mean, I didn't read it. I listened to it on Audible. The Goldfinch. Do you know it? Yeah, I have it. It's in my uh, stack of books to read. Really? It's like a thousand pages or something. I keep thinking to myself, is this a book ever going to end? But the, the writing is so brilliant. And she just brings in another thing and another, uh, you know, she turns a corner into something and brings you into a completely different scene and action and characters. And you're swept away by that. And her writing is just absolutely brilliant. That's good to know. Because I do, I have it in my stack. Someone gave it to me to read and it's been sitting... Yeah, Donna Tartt. T-A-R-T-T. Brilliant book. Love it. Oh, good. So that means I'll have to consider moving it to the top of my stacks now. That's got good recommends on that. Be forewarned. (laughs) You might not sleep at night. You'll just be reading all through the night. Okay. (laughs) I think it's good and not good, you know, because like, yay, the book's that good. Okay, there goes sleep. Judy, thank you so much for speaking with me. It's been very interesting. It's been a delight. It's been lovely. And one of the nicest things, too, I mean, you're just so real yourself. And that I often meet people and kind of meet people who are like you. So they know all of it. And for you, it's still, wow, I didn't realize this could happen. And so it helps me know that there's still a market out there. And also, unfortunately, there's so many people always say, uh either going through something, but I also once saw a stat somewhere. It was like 80 something percent of Americans want to write a book or some crazy number like that. And when you see that, you're like, you cannot get 80% of anybody to agree on anything. This is one thing that you actually get over 80% have this one thing actually in common. That's pretty amazing. It's true, but you know what? How many do? I mean, a lot of people I meet, they say, oh, people have been telling me all my life I should write a book. And I say, well, what do you tell yourself? And Um, no, I think I should. Well, that's great. Are you going to? Well, I've got this, I got that. And you know, they're never going to write it. Yeah. And then there's others that say, yeah, where do I start? Right. There are a lot also who do start or after chapter two, they're like, they haven't realized how much time it requires or just persistence, I would say, even more. And then they just give up. They just don't commit to, even though they might have a brilliant idea. I know. Well, that's why to me, it's really important for people to have a coach. You're accountable to someone. 
you've got specific homework to do, you know, you've got a structure. And so if it's something you really want to do, it's really nice. It's kind of like going to the gym with a friend. It's a lot more fun to go to the gym with a friend than it is to just go on your own. That's so true. Have you ever worked with a writer who had already written a book and they just also specifically work with a coach because I need someone to sit on me basically? Oh yeah. I work with anybody at any point from the beginning of their book to anywhere in the middle towards the end even just to help them to look at it and figure it out and is it going in the right direction i have a motto and it's your soul meets you on the page and something shifts you begin to stand taller and one day you notice that your voice on the page has become your voice in the world that's amazing the voice in the world could be just having the courage to speak up to you your husband your your, your kids your anybody right because you just haven't done it but you write it enough you got that voice you finally get some strength and confidence or the voice in the world's a book you put out. Right. So, and I can only say it because I've seen the results in myself and in my clients for all these yeah. years. Yeah. That's kind of, I've sometimes, like I felt sort of preachy when I was saying it because it was in conversation, but it's still, like I was trying to preach it somewhere. I was trying to explain that when you have an expanded vocabulary, it gives you different words for expression. Because you can just say happy all the time, but, you know, happy and ecstatic or joy or gladness, they're not exactly the same thing. If you only have happy in your repertoire, that's fine. But why would you limit your ability of expression to only happy when there's so many other options and gradations? That's very true. It's nice to have the thesaurus. What but word can I use now? I've been happy too long. What else can I say? <laughs> very, very good. This is very good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Esther. This was a bonus episode of Oh My Word podcast featuring psychotherapist and writing coach Junie Swadry. To find out more about Junia and her work, please check out the link in the episode notes. To find out more about Oh My Word podcast, keep track of all the great stuff we're up to, follow us on Instagram at Oh My Word podcast. Please check us out at el Music is by Tim Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch you next time.